for September 14th, 2009, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 63. Osama Bin Laden loves Taylor Swift. Welcome to the Overthinking It podcast, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. From Los Angeles, California, where the VMAs are going on, but I am not watching them because that is how dedicated I am to this podcast, to this show. Uh, I am your host, Matthew Rather, but don't worry, uh, we're, on the, uh, we're on the Twitters, we're on the live blogs, we are making sure that we are updated, and uh, our correspondent, uh, John Parrish, is standing by live at the VMAs. John, how is, uh, how is everything going at the VMAs? I heard there was some, uh, some drama on stage. Oh my god, oh my god, I can't even tell you. Hang on, I, I don't know if you can... Can you hear me over the crowd yes, here? It's, no, it's pretty John, crazy. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty it's, ridiculous. It's uh, breaking listen. up, but we hear you okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Here, here's, here's what happened. Uh, when, when Taylor Swift was on stage accepting an award, Kanye grabbed the mic out of her hand and said, Beyonce had the best video of the year. That Beyonce's was, was actually the best video. So he, he interrupts uh, Taylor Swift's best female video award for You Belong With Me. So just... Just typical, typical Kanye blather or, or deliberate stunt, or, or what are your thoughts? Well, well, yeah, I mean, he's known for this kind of, uh, he's known for this kind of thing, right? Kanye uh, rushing the stage and whatnot. Oh, oh my God, I'm, I'm getting kind of mobbed here. They just announced something about Green Day. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Thanks. That's, that's John Parrish, our correspondent at the VMAs, or at least following the VMA trending topic on Twitter. <laughs> it's, the next, it's the next best thing to actually being there, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, no, got a lot of twit pics coming. It, is, it really is like being there. Uh, do they do the VMA show live? Oh, wait, no, we shouldn't even get into this before we start with uh, our... Our uh, question of the week for the panel, uh, in honor of the VMAs, what famous rock star or musician or, uh, you know, uh, music personality of some kind is uh, from your hometown, from beautiful Cambridgeport, Massachusetts, it is Pete Fenzel from the basement. <laughs> Look, man, I got to say, you know, Beyonce is good, but Taylor Swift is for the children. You know, it's because uh, she, she literally is for the children. Uh, <laughs> to pre- previous VMA interruption speeches. Um, so let's see. So you're saying from my hometown. Am I allowed to go like one town over? From like, your home like county. across the border. My you get, home county. Oh, yeah, okay. you, you get for sure, you get like a, a 50 mile radius. Oh, or, gosh. Or 25, need, 25 mile radius or you something. You give me three miles and I'll handle this one. Okay, so you I'm, get a three mile I'm, radius. <laughs> I'm from the, the breadbasket of American popular music, also known as Bergen County, New Jersey, uh, home of um, a lot of people who commute into New York City for various professional jobs. And one thing I did not know that I discovered recently when I was trolling Wikipedia looking for karaoke songs and who wrote them uh, is that certain uh, demigods of rock of I'm sorry are they demigods of rock are they gods of demi rock probably more the latter than the, <laughs> uh, the Jonas Brothers are actually from Wyckoff New Jersey which is uh, adjacent to my hometown of Ridgewood and where I went to church for a very long time which makes sense because I felt like every time I passed in that town I just felt like I was going to start thrashing and and 
setting off sizzling electric guitar solos and or like going to go to brick oven pizza. I've said this, you know, I've said this several times, I think, on this podcast, but the Jonas Brothers lost me forever when they were on the Grammy show and they were playing a set with Stevie Wonder. And (laughs) this this music legend, you know, deigns to play music with the Jonas Brothers, who are compared with Stevie Wonder, kind of like the... I mean, Stevie Wonder makes musicians like the Jonas Brothers, like three of them in the toilet every morning, you know? (laughs) And... (laughs) Right? And, um... But he doesn't see them down there, so he flushes them, and they're lost to us forever. (laughs) And we'll never... And the the Disney Corporation is... Yeah. uh, The Disney Corporation actually is trying to install a tray in Stevie Wonder's toilet. No, it's gone too far. The joke has gone too far. Well, you know what? I'll say this. I didn't know the Jonas Brothers had a posse, that they have like a sort of Wu-Tang Killer Bees ensemble of other pop music acts <laughs> that like follows them around, right? Like Demi Lovato, and even that like uh, Miley Cyrus is kind of Represent rolls with them, the right? Demi Lovato, and the Jizza, like... the Rizza, <laughs> Rick Quambi <Wait>, Chef. <laughs> Yo, the Rizza, the Jizza, Demi, Demi Lovato, Hannah Montana up in the his house. J- you got uh, Ray Quambi the Chef. So you High know, school musical too. What? They're they're playing the song on the Grammys, right? And one of the Jonas Brothers like walks up to Stevie with his with his guitar, and it's like it's time for Stevie to take a solo. Thank goodness. And it, and this this little twerp shouts at Stevie. Come on, Stevie, show us what you got. <laughs> and it's like f you, you jerk. You know, now, like to, to be to be entirely fair, um, I did also discover in my Wikipedia trolling of the Jonas Brothers, which has probably put me on several watch lists. <laughs> <laughs> that, Megan, the, the yeah, Jonas- no, you're on you're on like Megan's watch list or something. <laughs> exactly, like Megan Megan's twitters. Should we put together? Should we start Megan's Twitter and just like Twitter about people who we think are sex offenders? That would be pretty funny. But no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, that the Jonas Brothers started out in 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 uh, rock and roll music the way that all sort of hard Scrabble and rock groups that make their way to the top from years and years of hard work do. Uh, they were uh, one of them was a seven year old Broadway star. Uh, so I suppose when he was saying that, it was really just sort of the conventional show tune, like let's begin the song uh, live. It's like, <laughs> come on, you got to tell us what it's going to be like, and it's like it's going to be great. And it's, uh, <laughs> Maybe, so it's more of a clash of styles, perhaps, than a direct disrespect to Stevie Wonder. I, I don't know. Maybe they actually, It's also entirely possible that he didn't know what Stevie Wonder has got, and he just wanted to find out. <laughs> that he was, being, he was being totally authentic. He was just like... Like, show me what you have. Yes, I do not no, know I, have. I, Stevie Wonder, I have heard that name before, but uh, <laughs> being you know an obsequious little twerp, I, uh, I never actually have investigated any music by this Wonder fellow. And yeah. I, I wonder if there's anything to this... this uh, hype I've heard about this gentleman. Yes. I, I wonder, I met a wonder. I wonder about wonder. <laughs> I, wonder I wonder as I wonder. Wait, we've only, strong we, we've only gotten one person in the, uh, we've only gotten one the person way it should be in the, in the introduction of the panel. I'm sorry, guys. Let's, I let's, like you guys. No, it's my, it's my fault really for pushing it. Like, and I'm supposed to be the host and here I am like, I'm, I'm looking at tweet deck the whole time while, while we're doing this. All Look, right. I'm taking the mic from you right now. Beyonce, <laughs> Beyonce has a better podcast than this podcast, <laughs> which I which I don't I don't doubt. Mr. Mark Lee from uh, Brooklyn, New York, what is going on? Let me tell you what's going on here. Um, I got. Uh, I'm trying to think about what to define as my hood to answer this question. 
Yeah. Um, we do have a question, is, do we not still? <laughs> yes. Uh, who, question, who, who, the, question, the question is still in play. Though I have run up to, I have forced you up to the net so that you, Roger Federer-like, are going to have to sprint to the baseline and hit, uh, hit the ball between your legs to win the point. <laughs> Just to show how awesome I am about yes. that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if I quite put myself, I'm not quite the Roger Federer of podcasts here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't know, like uh, on a generous day, like. Andy, no, Andy Roddick is even. Who is? I mean, who even is the Roger Federer of podcasting? Probably like Adam Curry or something, or Leo Laporte, or uh, Peter Rojas and Ryan Block or something. I don't know. I don't know. Social media for the win. Sorry, moving on, Mark. Okay. Anyway, so uh, Pete is lucky in that he can very quickly point to New Jersey as his quote unquote hood. Um, Whereas myself, you know, in my journeyman ways, it's a little bit more difficult. So I could start with Brooklyn, where I live now. And obviously, there's plenty of famous musicians. That could point to from Brooklyn, being the Beastie Boys and various, you know, and uh, what the uh, you know, notorious B.I.G. and various other rappers from Brooklyn, or I could point to my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama, where I grew up for uh, from between the ages of uh, seven and eighteen, and point to uh, my favorite Motown group, The Temptations. You know, obviously they made it big in Detroit, but they uh, the original trio uh, started in Birmingham, Alabama. Where huh. I spent formative years. I could even go back further and point to James Brown from Augusta, Georgia, which is where I was born uh, and spent the oh. years uh, zero to seven in Georgia. Uh, but I'm not going to choose any of these hoods nor any of these musicians. I'm going to go all the way back to the real hood, that being South Korea, <laughs> and go with international pop star sensation Rain. <laughs> you might Rain! I recall as Stephen Colbert's nemesis slash uh, inspiration for his awesome music video, I'm singing in Korean. (laughs) And for that, uh, that's my shout out to my, uh, you know, favorite musician from my hood, Rain from South Korea. All right. (laughs) It's your ancestral hood. The ancestral hood. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we've taken so long with this intro so far that John Parrish has had time to walk 3,000 miles from the VMAs uh, <laughs> back to his home uh, in, in the greater Boston area. John, what famous musician is from your hood? Hey, I, I just stepped out of the VMAs, but let me know if you need me to go back and, and check on anything. I'll, yep. I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what I find. In any case, my my favorite artist from my hood of Baltimore, Maryland would be would be hip hop slash R and B, not quite superstar, uh, ma- dwarf star, I guess Mario. He had he had that, <laughs> he had that big hit dwarf back in two thousand. I like that a lot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he had that. No, it's fine. He had that big hit back in two thousand two with a a remix of Bismarcky's "Just a Friend." Only his was more sincere and romantic as opposed to Bismarcky's comical hit. He also had a smash in 2004 titled Let Me Love You and has done nothing notable since. All right. That, is that really the best to come out of Baltimore? Well, okay, Tupac, but aside from Tupac. <laughs> um, um, Cisco, I believe, is from Baltimore. Is that not correct? It, is, is he? Is, I don't. I, I think I, I think Cisco plays Baltimore. Cisco from the Thong Song fame. I thought that was his. If he's not from there originally, and the Pete, Pete what you said, what you said was um, the Thong Song con- contains the most thrilling counterfactual statement in all of popular music. <laughs> <laughs> <Which is> like, <laughs> 
I don't, don't think you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yes, you do. You have no reason to believe that we couldn't hear you. You've been yelling about it for five minutes. Right at the uh, right, right at the key change, which really draw, which really draws attention to it. Actually, Pete, you are correct. Cisco is from uh, Cisco grew up in Baltimore. In fact, his his debut or the group he debuted with, Drew Hill, is probably named after Druid Hill, a particularly sticky neighborhood of of Baltimore, Maryland. So, so yes, I, I apologize, Cisco. You are in fact from Baltimore. I still like Mario better. Sorry, <laughs> man, awesome. Take that, Cisco. <laughs> Exit like, the dragon. Like, like Kanye dissed uh, Taylor Swift. So yeah. does Paris diss this you know what? You know what? I'm going to run on the stage, grab the mic from Green Day, and, and send my diss track to, to Mario over the airwaves. Or to Cisco, sorry, over the airwaves. I'll be right back. <laughs> we, In the meantime, I, I, yes. <laughs> I was like, can we please start some sort of like beef with Cisco, like some sort of like rap beef where we go back and forth with Cisco issuing various insults? Because I thought they, that would be hilarious, but I don't think I paid attention. <laughs> None of the Wu-Tang people showed up when I offered them those Mint Milanos, so I guess the pop, pop stars aren't really listening to the OTIs, or they're too intimidated by our mighty force of will to be able to uh, step into our parlor and, <laughs> and you know, wrestle, wrestle us. <laughs> they're afraid to be subjected to scrutiny that they probably don't deserve in other words exactly exactly yeah because yeah, if there's one too. if there's one thing that celebrities hate it's scrutiny <laughs> uh mine i am from uh santa monica california a throne a stone's throw from from hollywood so you know i mean it, for style points the, the one i'm gonna go with is the doors but just in terms of who i know personally uh i could choose uh, I could choose Rhea Yarbrough, who is a jazz artist signed to uh, the jazz label Tellark. I think she's on Tellark. Uh, who who just had a show last night that I didn't go to. But you can go back in the podcast archives if you want to hear some of her music, including a really interesting cover of Monster's Ball, uh, which was written by Freddie Mercury. It was written by Freddie Mercury, right? Was he the only songwriter in Queen or or... Did the other guys write songs too? Oh, I'm sure Brian May chipped in there. Dude, has some the has some songwriting credit, credits among Queen's greatest hits. Uh, I could go with with Zoe Deschanel, who was my fifth and sixth grade desk mate, and who, uh, aside from being an indie it girl, is um, uh, is one half of the band She and Him with M Ward. M Ward being one of the he's on the Monsters of Folk tour with uh connor oberst bright eyes uh etc um but no i'm going to go with uh joaquin cooter who is rye cooter's son uh and is on the buena vista social club album and was in my chemistry class uh when i was in ninth grade uh and was like hey uh, so i'm going to cuba to make this record with my dad and because we're going through mexico and the whole thing is under the radar um, I, I only can take one drum with me. And, uh, so, you know, I'm packing one drum and going, going to Cuba with my dad. And that record was the Buena Vista Social Club. Anyway, so that's my, that's my, uh, that's as close as I've ever gotten to greatness. Well, uh, okay. So that, that run through of all your close. famous childhood, you know, musical friends was all fine and great. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> I want to go back to the other end of the spectrum with you, your go-to favorite la group was the doors <laughs> and not like i don't know guns and effing roses 
<laughs> you don't like the doors? The, other... uh, the doors are like... Okay, I don't, don't get me on a start on a rant here, but I've always thought the doors are extremely overrated. It's that one like greatest hits double CD that you bought at you know, that particular phase of your high school life. <laughs> and because that's what you're supposed to get. But like, I do not listen to... I don't think I've listened to any no, of those doors. Here's why I like. Fun. Here's why I like the doors. You like I, I the like doors because you spent too much time in church and you love organs. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I like the doors because uh, because of Val Kilmer's portrayal of, <laughs> of Jim Morrison in the Oliver Stone movie. He That's has a the- silly reasons I like the doors. <laughs> he is the li- he is the Lizard King. That's the same reason I like fighter jets, actually, is because of Val Kilmer's portrayal of Ice Man. <laughs> the, reason, uh... the reason that I like sex scenes with ice is because of uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've always, Latino, really yep. I've always taken I've always taken Mike Nelson of MST3K's side on this, which is, he, he wrote once several years ago that the thing with Jim Morrison is that if you picture, or rather, if you listen, if you imagine Jim Morrison singing something from the doors in your head, and then you imagine your dad singing a Jim Morrison song in the shower in your head, they sound exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, By the way, come when on, you baby, light my fire. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's a really good Jim Morrison impression you did right there. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if T Pain could sing "Come on, Baby, Light My Fire." Oh, you, you, you it's funny you ask because you know I just happen to have you know T Pain on the line here. Can, oh, really? can we get, can we get oh. T Pain on the line? Wait, uh, this is the Overthinking Podcast calling T Pain, Mister Pain, Mister Pain. Uh, are are you there? Uh, I don't think you heard me. Yeah. So hey, it's T Pain. Hey, T Pain, are you there at the VMAs? I'm at the motherfucking VMA. Come on, it's a PG thirteen podcast, Mister T Pain. I know you're. I know you're really street, but you you know you gotta you gotta keep it keep it less real for the kids. I'm really sorry about that, you guys. <laughs> so, uh, so, Mr. T Pain, uh, uh, are you a fan of The Doors? I mean, I, you know, a sophisticated songwriter like you certainly must take a lot of inspiration from Jim Morrison and uh, and some of the work that he did. Come on, baby, light my fire, light my fire, fire, no I, I, no, I hate the doors. I think that stuff is really crappy. What, do you have an opinion on uh, on Conway? As you know, Conway Res- West rushed the stage. Kanye, Kanye, Con- Kanye, Con- <laughs> Conway, Conway, Conway Twitty uh, yeah. actually was at the um, at the VMAs. Actually, speaking of of Conway Twitty, remind me to to tell you about this great interview I saw with Seth MacFarlane. Uh, but uh, I, don't know, I, I don't know what you're talking about, white boy. So uh, Kanye is at the VMAs, and um, uh, and he rushed the stage when Taylor Swift won, claiming that Beyonce had the better uh, female rap video. Or <laughs> I'm sure uh, she had a better rap video than uh, Taylor Swift did, anyway. Uh, female video, period. Uh, w- do you have a, do you have an opinion on uh, Mr. West's uh, antics? Well. Typically, I have found Kanye West to be a very classy guy, but well, what he did was just, I don't like it, and I think he should stop using it. auto-tune because he gives me a bad name, and I'm guilty, almost guilty, by association. Shorty! 
Thank you, uh, Mr. Payne. A pleasure <laughs> to have you on the show. Hope we can have you back. You're welcome. Keep subjecting the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. Oh, I was hoping for a less shorty. Uh, that was T Pain, T Pain, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, going back to uh, going back to John Parrish, who has made the 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 uh, jog back to the VMAs. John, what's the latest? Oh my! Oh my God! You guys, can you can you hear that? Can you hear the applause in the background? I I do. It's, it's actually almost drowning you out. Can you just speak up just a little bit? Okay, yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, it, it's the most incredible thing. T Pain was just on stage. And he was presenting for best best use of sequins to cover up female nudity in a music video, and then he inter- he stopped the pre- presentation to take a phone call from somebody. I'm I'm not sure who. Ridiculous! <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. So we uh, we did the. Hey, I'm watching the twitters, and apparently there was drama with Lady Gaga. Anyone have more uh, more details on that? Just that she's awful? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) That that outfit in the Poker Face video is absolutely freaking absurd, and they should have, like, covered her up with one of those cop-style pixelation screens? (laughs) No, what's going on with Lady Gaga? I I require knowledge of this immediately. There were – some of the tweets are like – some of the tweets are like, wow, Lady Gaga just had her period on stage. Yeah, for her performance of Paparazzi, there was a lot of blood on stage. Wow. As well as as well as wheelchairs that had these weird rhinestones and and sequins all over them. Well, if Lady Gaga is about one thing, it's taste. Like I feel like <laughs> Lady Gaga is like so. Is the woman who actually sings the songs is that Lady Gaga or is it just sort of the name of some sort of crazy performance art project and she just happens to be one of the actresses <laughs> and she just happens to be kind of the front woman she happens to be the yeah. face the face well, man. Well, I mean, when you think about it, like think about it when I see Lady Gaga perform, it reminds me of like the Pussycat Dolls because it's got this definite like alt theater burlesque feel to it. Yep. Um, you know, and and it just it doesn't strike me at the performer is the person who came up with this. It seems like the production of somebody who is like much older and much more like been around the block. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I guess I need to go Wikipedia Lady Gaga, God help me, and find out exactly what is going on with this chick because I see her videos on the treadmill at the gym, and I wonder why she dresses like that because it doesn't look good on her. So, like, so. um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, isn't that the case though with all those kind of pop acts? Like, uh, that's actually what makes Taylor Swift so unique, I guess, is that she does write her own songs. I mean, she writes her own journal entries that she then chants rhythmically to music. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the Jonas Brothers do that too, man. And the Jonas Brothers write songs for Demi Lovato also. <laughs> Wait, rather, are you asserting that Taylor Swift did not, in fact, have the best female video of the year? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Taylor Swift, I actually, like, there were lots of comments and comments uh, on the show notes when I had my rant such as it was about Taylor Swift. Uh, I just you know, look, she's not to my taste. I do appreciate Gab pointed out uh, that in the comments she pointed out that like, look, at least this girl is writing her own songs, you know? And uh, right, like, that she's an artist in that sense more than a lot of the other acts are. Um... I don't know. Demi Lovato, right, like, was, uh, she was, the, the, had a front page article in the Sunday New York Times art section, uh, several weeks ago. And, um, like, it was this, this actually incredible overthinking of Demi Lovato and her career and what she's, uh, what her, um, 
Hey, did you know Brian May uh, has a, a PhD? He's a commander of the British Empire, and he has a, a doctorate. Yeah, uh, that's what I was. Yeah, I was, I was thinking. He's like a he's a P, he's the head of a university, right? He's like a, a really advanced astrophysicist. He's an astrophysicist. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, chancellor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that! The chancellor, according to Wikipedia, of Liverpool John Moore's University, uh, mm. and he lives in Southampton, Britain. Yeah. Southampton, Britain. That all sounds really fancy. That all sounds really fancy. But for all we know, that could be like Buxatawney State Community College, the equivalent in England. You know. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like you've only heard of of uh, Yale and of. <laughs> Yale and Oxford. I nearly I said. Don't know. I, You've I don't only know heard of Cambridge and Oxford, right? I, I don't know. If Ace Freely was suddenly named president of Punxsutawney State Community College, I think that'd be pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> 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 like, oh, it turns out that Ace Freely is like not a great astrophysicist, but still a competent astrophysicist and like has the chancellor of a small community college in, in Pennsylvania. I don't think that that, I mean, it diminishes it somewhat as if, if instead Ace Freely had been named like president of Cornell, but like, um, it's pretty amazing. Um, I mean, cause you know, you usually only get the opportunity to succeed, um, with, you know, I guess to succeed in the stars in one way in your life, uh, cause of Ace Freely having stars in his face. Um, oh, by, by the way, it turns out that Lady Gaga did, in fact, cut her teeth on the Lower East Side club scene, um, like, starting at, like, the age of 19, and has, like, you know, she switched schools a lot, and she spent a lot of time with, like, um, you know, burlesque kind of stuff. Um, she actually did burlesque shows, you know, um, around, you know, in, like, you know, six years ago, or four years ago, like, when she was starting out underage, like, performing in all these clubs and stuff. So, like, the vibe that she is sort of, like, uh, from that scene is, like, very much on target. Um, but I had no idea that she was so much of her own uh, performer, that she's like, you know, went to Juilliard. Well, she dropped out of Juilliard, uh, and then she went to Tish, and then she dropped out of Tish. Um, and she's apparently, like, fairly serious about what she does. She looks freaking ridiculous, but um, I guess that's because what works on stage doesn't necessarily work on video as easily. So, like, a Ziggy Stardust video looks pretty silly. And it isn't isn't dropping out of Juilliard and Tish almost a almost a better sign of artistic credibility than completing a career or completing an educational curriculum there. I've read, yeah. I've read something, I've read something similar about Ber- the Berkeley school of performing arts here in Boston, where if you, if you graduate from Berkeley, it means you didn't find the right group of people to network with and then drop out and form a band on your own. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I would hold dropping out of Juilliard and having the success she's had as points in her favor. Yeah, I mean, she dropped out of Tish to work. She dropped out of Juilliard to get sent to a Catholic school. Um, so I suspect uh, she might have had other kinds of problems. But um, but no, I mean, I've, I've heard the same thing. Like Paul Newman dropped out of drama school. Like usually, if you're in a professional school for the performing arts and you have the opportunity to leave and work on an actual professional project of considerable import, like you would be crazy not to take it because that's why you're going to the school. Right. right. Well, and here's yeah. the thing: you only ever hear about the successes. Like if yeah. you're playing the odds, the the smart move is not to drop out drop out of school because you only oh. ever hear about the successes. But but for every Lady Gaga or for every Bill Gates who dropped out of college or Steve Jobs who, who was going to read college in Portland and dropped out, um, there's always a, you know, a Phil, you know, who's now a, a uh, I don't know, data entry person who you've never heard of. Uh, 
Right, who dropped out of school on that one, you know, betting on that one big break that, that didn't play out. And there are mm. like 50 fills for every one, yeah. or 500 fills for every one Lady Gaga. Although, if you're playing the odds, going into the professional music business seems like a dubious thing to do in the Any, first place. Anywhere in the entertainment business, it's a sure yeah. freaking thing, baby. Everyone always, <laughs> <laughs> people always need entertainment, you know? You know what I would love to see? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. If you're playing the odds, really the only profession to go into is casino management. Sorry. Hey, speaking no, of, speaking of which, I was in Vegas last week uh, for a little, uh, you know, just for a little uh, rest and relaxation. I availed myself of the hospitality industry, though not of the gaming industry or the sex industry. Uh, I was just on a you know nice kind of. You know, great, great restaurant and uh, sit out by the pool kind of vacation with my dad for a couple of days. And uh, let me tell you, Vegas apparently is, is getting hit hard. They say their, their profits are down 20%. Though I have to say, when I heard that, uh, I heard that and I thought, okay, so your profits are astronomical but no longer obscene? Mm. Well, I've, I've read articles about the coming crunch affecting Vegas because Vegas isn't, isn't particularly sensitive to trends in the recession. Although obviously a recession of this scope affects any, any sector in the country and Vegas as well. But Vegas is particularly sensitive to two things which have been fueling this recession. One, the rise in oil prices because Vegas really is in the middle of nowhere. So it's built on being able to travel there cheaply. And as fuel, right, gets right, right. Expensive, as fuel gets more expensive for airlines, it becomes an issue. And second, the credit crunch because Vegas is built as much on debt as anything else, and if credit starts tightening up, then that's a loss for new hotels, new resorts, and it means fewer people able to get lines of house credit and gamble immensely. I saw, money. though, I gotta say, I saw uh, construction happening just driving around the Strip. Right there, there were still buildings going up, and maybe they're done building major major resorts. But you know, uh, and the transportation thing, like last summer. Uh, was the big, you know, the huge run up in gas prices, right? And right. The, and so and that was they before the recession. They may be recovering from that. They may be recovering from that. That was before the the recession hit. I mean, this is and so we're talking about the the gaming industry in Vegas. There's this other thing where there is this sort of middle class in Vegas. Uh, that was expanding very rapidly because they were building so many houses there. Uh, like Vegas, I guess it got edged out by something like Mesa, Arizona or something when, uh, as being like the fastest growing communities, the fastest growing cities in America. But that, like the, the housing market crash, that really decimated uh, a lot of industries in Vegas outside of the gaming industry, right? Mm-mm. Well, right. you would think that as as Vegas diversified away from gambling and became more both focused on its own consumption for driving its economy and also on kind of destination tourism, that it would become more vulnerable to economic cycles. Because the conventional wisdom about the countercyclicality of gambling, like gambling being a defensive industry – it doesn't i mean it doesn't take into account all the other things that are happening in the town and i think that one reason you could think of vegas as safe from recessions is that there wasn't a lot else going on but the more other stuff that's going on then the more its economy is going to 
come and go and correlate with the other economies. Right, the but the, you know the the profits from like the Cirque du Soleil shows and the restaurants, though they must be considerable uh, considered in aggregate, are really dwarfed by the profits from the gambling. You know, is that is that true? Or are you are you conjecturing that? Or no, do you I'm, know I'm, that's I'm true? conjecturing that. I'm yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. out of my ass essentially, <laughs> and and saying that like I can't I cannot believe that even a successful Cirque du Soleil show and they they, they are all really successful uh, mm. compares with you know million dollar spins of the roulette wheel mm, true I mean the more question is are people are they selling hotel rooms to people who aren't spending most of their money gambling are they selling food to those people more than that are the other entertainments out competing gambling well so I, right. I gotta say that like with just this this uh, last little father son trip that I took mm. you know they were selling hotel rooms at a tremendous discount, uh, yeah, especially yeah, considering yeah. where we were staying, um, and didn't make a penny from us in gambling. Yeah. Uh, but th- though though they made a, they made a pretty penny in the um, in the restaurants. I went to two restaurants. I went to Mix, which is an Hélène Ducasse restaurant. Elaine Ducasse, I don't know how to pronounce French, uh, which is on the top of some building, and then to Tom Colicchio's Steakhouse, which was... Craft Steak? Craft Steak, which was one of the greatest freaking meals I've ever had. It was was two people, uh, and they brought enough food for like six, you know? And it was Mm -hmm. like Kobe beef tartare. Like it was that... that With a little, little... Salted potato crisp things to oh serve. Oh my on. god! Right? Oh. You've been there. I've been to the one at. There's one in Foxwoods in the in the new MGM Resort in uh. in Connecticut. Oh, and speaking. Yes, it's- it's one yeah. of the three in the country, and yeah, I've, I've had their I've had their steak there, phenomenal. So yeah, it's fantastic, right? So speaking, we went with the we didn't splurge on the Japanese Kobe beef thing, but we went for the American Wagyu Kobe style beef, uh, which which I, is still worth it, absolutely worth oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I'd say that's a good upsell, and I mean, unless you unless you have a lot of dollar dollar bills to throw around, I, I wouldn't necessarily go up to the to the Japanese one because it's a it's a block of fat with, with that is occasionally <laughs> marbled with with you know cow muscle but um okay so you bring up foxwoods and this is this is a thing because while gambling revenues have been shrinking in Nevada they've been growing in other places and one of the and uh, due to uh, Indian casinos largely right. and like right. one of those places the biggest growth has been in uh, Pennsylvania uh, according to a New York Times infographic I saw last week and was <laughs> intrigued by uh, because we happened to be in Vegas at the time and not gambling. So I guess we were part of the problem. Yeah, way to not help the economy, rather. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me Vegas tell you, down. like, like uh, dinner at Craft Steak was like a two-man stimulus package right there <laughs> <laughs> for, for, the, for the economy. Uh, and, yeah... Oh, but but fantastic. So where's the third one? So there's one in Vegas, one at Foxwoods, and one at one in New York. Oh, so they so, and I'll bet the the casino ones are patterned after the New York one. Probably, yeah. Because yeah. everything good comes from New York, right? Except for the doors. <laughs> with the tone of that, I'm not sure whether you're insulting the doors. No, or no, like no. I really, I really like the doors. I like the doors a lot, and I, I enjoy their music. I, I admit they are not an everyday band for me. 
Mm. You know, they're not like Demi Lovato where I'll just put it on while I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> doing housework or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. do, when I'm in the mood, I do like to put on that that uh, double CD Greatest Hits album <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and listen to it. Now, um, we had a, uh, a whole, like, music-themed show uh, lined up, and we haven't gotten to a single damn thing that we had... Uh, uh, that we had planned on. So uh, the VMAs are still going on. Any anyone monitoring anything good going on? No, I'm going to take that as a no, and we are going <laughs> to move on. Uh, oh my not- god, it's crazy here at the VMAs. <laughs> Nothing interesting is happening. Nine nine oh nine was not just the day that saw the introduction of the one ninety nine iPod Touch. And the uh, iPod Nano with video. There was also this little game called Rock Band, which released an edition of Beatles songs uh, that you can play on Rock Band. Now, as our our resident musical com- <laughs> communist columnist, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I am fine, having <laughs> I am having real problems with the English language tonight. I probably From each should according to his rock to each according to his role. <laughs> 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 uh, or Wesley, Wesley Willis says, "Say rock, rock. rock. Say roll, roll. Say rock, rock. rock. Say roll, roll." Now I'm gonna come bump heads with roll. you and get real high. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peace be upon him. May, yeah, may he rest in in pace requiescat. Um, as our our regular our, our uh, regular music guy, Mark Lee is. Rock Band, you, you mounted a defense uh, of the T-Pain Autotune app as it's at least getting people making some music, and, uh, and you mounted a vicious attack on vi- the violin teachers of America. <laughs> right. Uh, is Rock Band music? Are people playing Rock Band, are they making music, or what is the relationship of playing Rock Band to music making? All right, well, first... There's a lot to cover here on this, and I'm, we're going to open a lot of cans of worms here. So, you know, for those of you afraid of worms and cans and things being open, you know, can be, we do can we do one. blood like Lady Gaga at the VMAs? Right. <laughs> First of all, one thing I, I do want to point out is that playing the drums on Rock Band is very close to playing the actual drum set. And I think we were the last time we talked about this on the podcast. I think even like, or maybe not on the podcast, but Stokes once mentioned that if it's that you know, if you can replicate that in a video game that much then the drums must not be an instrument but i'm not quite, quite going to take that that's it i think i think the when uh, you know when people get all riled up about guitar hero and rock band these things it's really about the mimicry act of playing the guitar and it bothers people a lot when you see someone with a plastic guitar pushing the buttons and and flipping the strum bar and it looks very similar to the act of playing the real guitar um, that bothers people. It, it gets them, you know, cogn- it gives them a lot of cognitive dissonance of some sorts, and that's when the you know they attack it as something that is you know bad or that sort of thing. Um, another a, a common comparison that people make uh, when talking about guitar hero and rock band is video games, right? You know, people, you know, no one ever tells someone who's really good at uh, Counter Strike, right? Why don't you go join the army? You know, the, the video game is, is so safe. <laughs> No, why don't you join the police and you know be a sniper or something like that? Right? No one ever does that because that activity is so clearly so far divorced from uh, you know what it is uh, simulating, right? But, I mean, you're unfamiliar with America's Army, then? 
right. That's a good but, point. There. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but there's it, a lot of yeah, a lot of people who join the army who love those first-person shooter games. I remember some friends of mine who were in the infantry who love playing those video games. But anyway, I'll, I'll step aside. That's a digression that goes in an entirely different direction. Well, <laughs> I, th- I mean, and le- I'm sorry. Let me just take a little step in that direction. Isn't there some warehouse in Arizona or Nevada or something where there are a bunch of 19-year-olds playing video games and shooting, uh, you know, the I don't know terrorists or something? What do you, uh, you mean, like for the army? Yeah, right. Or somewhere. I mean, the predator drones, the the much ballyhooed oh. predator drones, are piloted from, you know, a base in Nevada or something like that, aren't they? Well, let's it's, not locate exactly where it is because we know that Al Qaeda listens to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, Taylor Swift. Oh, I have to listen to Taylor Swift. Oh, I hope that nobody finds that. Listen, you know what? Listen, <laughs> Osama. Taylor Swift is the worst pop act. Uh, <laughs> and I don't care. I don't oh. care. I don't care. That you love. They're Osama. coming after you, man. You have put yourself at risk. Al Qaeda is going to come after <laughs> I you. I do not care that Osama <laughs> bin Laden loves Taylor Swift. It does not matter to me that Osama bin Laden loves Taylor Swift. I will go on my rants against her, even though Osama bin Laden <laughs> loves Taylor Taylor Swift. Is there a way that we can make it so that if somebody Googles Osama bin Laden loves Taylor Swift, they get to our website? <laughs> well, think... we can make that the title of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, think that's, that that's, that's, that's a. I don't way. think that that's a keyword that there's a lot of competition for. <laughs> I'm going to Google it right now. Let's see what we come up. <laughs> have you? Yeah. Se- um, speaking of predator talk- drones, have you seen the movie Toys? Of course. Yeah. So there. I mean, that's you know, that's what our army is becoming. Sorry, but Mark, we interrupted you. Back to you. Or John, do you sure. have a question for Mark? Well, no, not actually. I just want to, as always, being the peacemaker here, offer that you know, uh, Mr. Bin Laden, if you want, if you want to take up an issue with us, call us in. You know, at, at twenty <laughs> eat long zero one. And as always, please leave your latitude and longitude, just because it's a thing we do. <laughs> things, crazy things. So. So give us your latitude. We do we do it uh, very precisely in degrees, minutes, and seconds. Yeah, absolutely. Use uh, you use Google Maps if you can't figure out your uh, GPS coordinates there. Okay, so I've discovered some pretty crazy crap while googling <laughs> loving Taylor Swift. So you know how Google has that thing where you start typing and it suggests all these other things that you should be searching for, other than the bullshit you're searching for at the time. Yes. Um, like and and so every word that I typed, like that list got shorter and shorter. Like Osama bin Laden. When I typed loves, it like went way down. But apparently, but what it did suggest I searched for is uh, Osama bin Laden loves Whitney Houston. Uh, <laughs> Because apparently, and this is like a lot of hits. There's like 240,000 hits for this. Osama bin Laden really loves Whitney Houston. <laughs> and at some point, he plotted to kill Bobby Brown, <laughs> according to the Daily Mail, Daily Mail in the UK. And uh, I'm going to figure out when this site loads, which is taking a long time to do, um, you know, what, what exactly is going on here. Because I feel like the truth must be out. Okay. Oh, Perez wrote about it just this month. Um, but anyway, anyway, there's other stuff that we can do other than worry about Bobby, Bobby Brown needs to flee for his life. I love, I love how this podcast we have not even scratched the outline. Well, I guess, I guess we have scratched the outline. Mark, can you keep scratching at the outline for us, please? <laughs> that's like my, like a little, a little like toothpick I got here that's like chipping away at the massive block of the topic that we have. Um, that, that was—I gotta say—that was—that was an excellent tangent we went on there, guys. I really was not <laughs> thinking 
And we started talking about rock band. We're going to wind up with Taylor Swift and Osama Bin Laden and Whitney Houston and um, all these other <laughs> wonderful and interesting things. I'm kind of afraid. Are we going to get on some kind of Homeland Security watch list? If wait, I, wait, wait, wait. We're, we're not on it already. <laughs> if, I name, <laughs> if I name the podcast, Osama Bin Laden loves Taylor Swift. <laughs> hey, you know what that means? And then, then like all those NSA computers uh, will be hitting our website constantly. That's going to totally <laughs> so to the good, I'd, I'd like to say to the good people of multiple intelligence agencies that are downloading this podcast, would it kill you to click on a few pay-per-click ads <laughs> while you're on the site because you know on a cpm basis we make you know pennies uh cpm but if you click that's like 50 cents to overthinking it and our server costs are considerable yeah i i saw the line items in the last at budget entitlement for for your guys spending and i know you can afford a few a few clicks on a cpm ad like send send a little money our way Right. Little time and money. It's not even. It's not even uh, you who are going to be paying. It's the. Uh, it's the people at Rift Tracks or whatever <laughs> who, <laughs> who are advertising on our site and are going to be paying paying Google to. Uh, you know. Right. What I'm what I'm suggesting is that we spo- is that they the the NSA sponsor our sponsors so that right. that money can flow back to us. That is yeah no that is a fantastic idea and uh, we are brought to you by the NSA uh, breaking <laughs> codes like it's their job uh, on the web at nsa.gov. Uh, yeah. You know uh, we're already subjecting you to a level of scrutiny you don't deserve. You can find them on the Twitters, too, at, at, at NSA. <laughs> at Twitter.com. You can find them on the Twitters just by entering a Twitter, and they'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> at NSA.com slash Twitter slash Twitter Twitter slash uh, not the NSA. Slash Demi Lovato, which is an anagram for NSA. <laughs> for, Satan, for Satan is our Lord, the screams of torture oh. are the music of my dance. <laughs> Speaking of things that have secret satanic messages, like the Beatles, possibly, as people call them. <laughs> Mark, what are your thoughts on Beatles Rock Band? I, I want to play it, and I think it looks awesome. <laughs> what? Man, I, That's I, controversial. I, I, controversial. I wasted I waste the best segue I've had in three weeks on that. Come on. <laughs> right. No, no, okay. Let me go back and just kind of bracket off the, the kind of the general topic about you know rock band and it's detrimental to music development and all these kind of things right um you know i will defend i think i will defend rock band you know uh, and guitar hero to the end and say that it's not going to you know some kid isn't going to just you know noodle on that all day and that's somehow going to prevent you know that kid from unlocking that hidden musical talent if anything if you know if just if you average it all out if anything i would say that the it's all going to fall down more on the column of um, it's exposing more people to music and will prompt more kids to learn how to play the guitar as opposed to presenting a barrier to them. Because, again, back, you know, referencing back to the T-Pain application uh, and what the article was about and also the reference to the violin teacher, um, you know, uh, the violin teacher has a very high – sets a very – learning the violin, there are, there's a tremendous barriers to learning to play music. And to the extent that you can reduce those barriers and get people just to, you know, just to make the act, even a simulated act – of producing sound and making music, expressing themselves in that way, that's a good thing, and that's what I'm all for. There's my soapbox. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I assume that that's silence. Let's, let's get this controversial. Let me offer a counterpoint. 
right, um, let's do it. I, I don't want to play Beatles rock band, and you're a communist. You're 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 a socialist, and um, you're going to set up death camps for rock band people. Uh, and, <laughs> you're going you know, to have, have death panels. For, look, you know, like playing rock band is anathema to choice and being American because once you've chosen rock band, you don't have a choice anymore. It's like if you don't choose rock band, you can choose which music thing on the video games you can play. But once you buy rock band, that's the one you're going to play, and that takes away choice and freedom. And you're going to kill all the old people. And I, I can't get behind that. I just can't. I can't well, do I hate it. to break it to you, Pete, but um, the uh, all the rock band peripherals are compatible with Guitar Hero. As well, so what, really, are you serious? Is that yes. is that across all systems? Uh, definitely on the Xbox and PS3, I believe. How did the how did um how did the AE people or the EA people how did they make that happen? Like, what's I know how Harmonix could like sneak that in there, but wouldn't the Guitar Hero people not want you to be able to do that? I think the real reason behind it is that the peripherals, the way they work, they're just mapped to standard control things. So, in other words, like they have to be, like really go out of their way to make them not compatible with each other. Mm-mm-mm. Fair enough, fair enough. So like oh so it's like you how you can play you can play any game with a Dance Dance Revolution pad, but it's not necessarily like designed to work that way. Yes. Something like yeah. that. But what this is yeah, really yeah. about here is is where I need to ask yourselves, is the single player option still on the table? <laughs> Anyway, okay, I'm glad you got that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Single payer option, the public option. I gotcha, I gotcha. Oh, now, you, we, to take it back all the way to the first question that you asked, one of the reasons I have an, a special investment in this is that I live in the hood of Harmonix, um, which is Central oh. Square in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And Harmonix actually uh, sponsors and comes to my improv theater's monthly rock band night, um, mm-hmm. which and they had. John, did you go to Beatles Rock Band Night on Thursday? It was. I didn't. It was this Thursday? I don't think it was this is it, Thursday. Or is it next, is it next Thursday? It's next Thursday, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm on okay. the calendar to go to it because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Harmonix is sponsoring a special rock band night for the release of Beatles Rock Band at our theater next Thursday in Cambridge. Yeah. So if anybody listening is in the Boston area, you can go check that, check that out. Um, I, but yeah, so I, like that's, yeah. I really want to get my hands on Beatles Rock Band. I'm getting back to this whole, you know, thing about, you know, making music versus simulation, all that kind of thing. I've noticed that one of the new big new things in the Beatles rock band, aside obviously having the Beatles likeness and their songs in the game, is that you can sing harmonies on it. And I, I will go out on a limb here and say that this will uh, get a lot of more people to at least try to sing harmonies than they would otherwise. Mm. In other words, like without this game, you know, this is like bringing out some people, you know, who turns out are good at singing harmonies and can do it effectively. Or, or in other words, like this game will help them you know, learn to do that better. And that's a real actual music education uh, component of the game right there. Mm, mm, mm. Well, that's I definitely, you would think that the singing part of games like karaoke revolution and uh, um, rock band would be pretty analogous to what it's like to actually sing. I mean, I've never actually sung. I've only done things like karaoke, which doesn't count, I guess. No, no, no. It totally I've counts. Stuff. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah no, no. I, I agree that it counts. It, no, I, uh, I, I, I insist it counts. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I don't know. I, is it, let's talk about that because I think one of the really interesting things you brought up, Mark, was this idea that when you imitate something that somebody really loves, they get upset, um, even if you're doing it in the imitation out of love. 
right? It's like you, people who play Guitar Hero or Rock Band are not anti-guitarist. Like they think guitarists are awesome, which is why they fantasize about playing guitars, and so they imitate playing guitars. Um, is that is that so wrong? I mean, I can totally see why yeah. that would make people upset because people don't like to be imitated. There's this like very basic human desire to be like, "Don't stop copying me, stop copying me," kind of thing. I'm not um, copying you. I'm not copying you. Stop copying me. Stop copying me. It's not that. I, it's not quite so much like you know they're averse to copying. It's this idea, like it's it's that's there. Idea it's there. <laughs> Dude, dude. <laughs> apparently, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to, trying to make a quick point here. Uh, apparently, Osama, Osama bin Laden's <laughs> Osama bin Laden's favorite television shows are The Wonder Years, Miami Vice, and MacGyver. According to the same source that says uh, he lusts after Whitney Houston and wants to kill Bobby Brown. <laughs> the Wonder Years and MacGyver. And, I like uh, to watch those back to back. Miami Vice. Anyway, what I was saying <laughs> on the topic which we are discussing. Did you hear the scare quotes there? Anyway, so what I'm saying is that it's not that people are. Sorry, Mark. I'm going to interrupt you and break in with another VMA update from John Parrish. John, what's the latest news from the VMAs? Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! The the trailer for New Moon. The extended trailer for New Moon, the next Twilight movie just played, and the crowd is going crazy. Apparently, there's something with vampires in this one. I, I, I can't follow it. Like, there's vampires and girls, and I'm not sure what happens, but the, the, the audience here is just off the hook. The, the New Moon extended trailer had its worldwide debut at the VMAs. That, did that's they play all. it on, like, a, a big screen on the stage and everybody watched it, or did they show it as a commercial? Yeah, and, the, and, then they, and then they intercut it with, with shots of Harry Potter, and the audience would scream and, and hur, hurl various objects of debris at the screen. It was, it was very, very much a two-minute hate going on. Oh, wow. Awesome. No, they – yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Anyhow, did I miss something about Rock Band? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I finish that thought now? Yes. Yes, of course. Okay. I'll do my best because we've gone a bit away from it. Anyway, so it's not that so much the people are averse to the copying. It's they. Um, it's 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 similar. Again, going back to this, how the plastic guitar playing is aping the real guitar playing. Um, it is similar in some ways to uh, the way that the kids who do the you know the the, the foam uh, sword thing. You know, are you guys familiar with this? At, at school, we had this was called the Freestyle Dueling Association. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it's like, or what's another good example of this? I got kicked out of them. I, I tried them out, but I didn't respect the rule that when you hit someone from behind, you're supposed to not hit them with full force. So, I mean, they didn't throw me out, but <laughs> I was kind of encouraged to leave. <laughs> you opted out. <laughs> and let me, let me explain. The, the Freestyle Dueling Association at Yale uh, were a bunch of nerds who fought... Oh. They, I'm sorry. Come on. <laughs> I don't mean that. I don't mean that judgmentally. I mean it purely descriptively. Yeah, was that a legit objection, Pete? Were you seriously defending the notion that guys who dress up and use foam boffer swords to fake duels under the, this elaborate dueling code that's hundreds of years old were not nerds? I'm not saying they're not nerds. I'm just saying that they're our readership, and we should be nice to them. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, continue. Shall I pick this up and keep going? Okay. So. <laughs> I said continue. Continue. He's, it, it's, it's these other forms of, of fantasy play, right? I'm going to hate to use another, for lack of a better word, nerd examples, right? Um, well, like fantasy football. It, Does that count? It, it, it doesn't count because there's this kind of mimicry action going here, which is not close enough to the authentic. In other words, like let's say the fantasy football thing, that's so far removed away from actual football that that's, you know, that that's well, fine. And good. It can separate its, own it's, thing. Imi- it's imitating like managing a team, right? Imitating managing a football or even like if you, if you imagine like guys playing uh, touch football in the yard. Yeah. Right. No one's going to say like, why are you just playing touch football? You know, why don't you go play actually real NFL football? No one ever nope. says that because that because that is an actual physical activity. And that's, you know, the, the mechanics of it are all there. OK. Right. Um, what, what, what I'm what I'm getting at is something more like uh, <clears throat> I'm thinking uh, of like when we went to Comic-Con and saw the guys doing the Star Trek improv comedy. Um, which was which was pretty bad. I mean, I'll go out on a limb and say that. Yeah, a lot to of the fair, perfor- a lot of the performances at Comic Con were pretty bad. I gotta say. Yeah. To it's- be fair, like ninety percent of improv comedy is terrible, and I say this as a person who's performed a lot of improv comedy and a lot of bad improv comedy. Um, but anyway, yours is good though. Yours is good. Um, oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Mark. <laughs> actually, yeah, no, Mark is not. I, I, Mark is not blowing smoke. Like Pete is actually a very good improv comedy performer. You know, having having seen him in the audience. Uh, you know, because Pete, and, and this is something that I noticed at the show that I saw of yours, Pete, you're always willing, like, you know, uh, improv comedy, very often the groups set someone up to take one for the team in, uh, you know, in a lot of ways. (laughs) And for the sake of the show, Pete is always willing to take one for the team. Um, I do that for the podcast too, guys. I'm always out here. I'm I'm sticking my neck out all the time. I'm the Wu Tang people could come to my house at any moment, and uh, and I have to deal with that crap. Anyway, continue, continue about the about what you were talking about about our readership and how awesome they are. Right. (laughs) Other hobbies are nerdy and bad. (laughs) Not bad, just nerdy. You're nerds. I'm sorry. I'm a nerd too. I mean, I don't fight with foam swords, but you know, I do computer stuff. Mark, I, I have a good, or what I think is a good analogy, actually, for not the imitation, but for the, actually, no, for the imitation aspect of it. You see, you see similar responses online to the, to the way a lot of critics tra- talk about fan fiction. The consensus yeah, being that, oh, it's, it's not real writing. It, it, I mean, it looks like writing and shares all the same traits, but it's not, it's not legit writing, which is an attitude that I don't entirely agree with, but I, I find merit to the argument. But that being said, I when I see people who get weirdly angry about rock band who say things like, oh, why are you wasting your time doing this? Why don't you join a real band or learn a real instrument? I, I, see, similar, I see similar lines of thought there that mm. people are saying, oh, you're wasting your time faking it when you could put in a little more effort and be legit. Is what I said, Mark. Yeah, I, I hear you on that too. And I guess, like, <laughs> you know what, Pete? Some people need to think because they don't have the improv comedy training. 
I'm sorry. You know, John is also a very excellent improv comedian, and I don't, I don't think any of you have ever seen him perform. But no, I would never seen John him. improvise yeah. except well, on that, the podcast where we where that's we because, all improvise. That's because I'm not as good an improv comedian as Pete is. I, that's that's flattering of you to say, Pete, but you you are legitimately better than I am. Ah, uh, pish tosh. Anyway, but we John can have could this totally kick, John point. could totally kick your ass at taekwondo or whatever no, martial uh, arts. Jiu-jitsu. He, jiu-jitsu. He would, he would sorry. Destroy me. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I mean, he, even if he applied his jujitsu to any other physical skill I had, it would destroy me. But, uh, but you know, we've, I've established this before. Usually when he's not on the podcast and I talk about being afraid that he's going to kick my ass if I say something he doesn't like. John Parrish has actually threatened the entire Wu-Tang clan. And that <laughs> if they want to... Uh... It, was, it was pretty exhaustive. It took like an entire weekend of filling out threatening cards, which is <laughs> <laughs> so right next to the thank you cards, it's, it like, the, it's the thre- cards. Represent the Jizza, Raekwon the Chef, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Os- Osama bin Laden loves Whitney Houston. Rock over London, rock on Chicago. Lady Gaga is an avant-garde performance artist. <laughs> Okay, so, okay, I think I think I've, I've said all I can say about rock band. You know, you're saying all group. we're going to let you say about rock band. Now, is here's, I want to make this um right. I want to make this comparison, uh, and it's a uh, it's provocative, and I don't necessarily believe it, but I'm I'm playing devil's advocate. Rock band uh, is to guitar playing. Um, no, I'm going to go the other way. Guitar playing is to rock band as Sleeping with ladies is to the seduction community. <laughs> Wait, what's the seduction community? Like the game, like uh, Neil Strauss's book, The oh, Game, okay. where he where he hung out with Mystery, uh, <laughs> well, Mystery, who was the host or at least the muse of the short lived uh, series. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm uh, I'm pretentious. Uh, <laughs> The, the short-lived uh, television series about uh, AFCs trying to become PUAs. Mm-mm-mm. You're, I mean, you're losing they, me here. Yeah. So okay, I, so I, I clearly do not have do, this game. Do not do not go online and read the websites about uh, how to trick ladies into having sex with you. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid I don't do that. Wait, Matt, 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 you said you screen these people before you bring them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I thought, yeah, no. He said that he wasn't an AFC. His neg hits were great, but uh, <laughs> then I realized he was just being an asshole. Um, no, there's so this. Was, <laughs> I, I do, in fact, know what you're, what you're talking about. It's the seduction game business thing. But all the lingo you're throwing out there, you're speaking like you're you're you know clearly at like a level level twenty seducer, or I am just but a you know mere level one noob. So, oh, so I, am a, I am a salami commander on the forums. Salami <laughs> commander is not a real rank on a forum. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure Pete, some, what are I'm the sure real some, ranks on the forums? somewhere where salami commander is a rank. There, there <laughs> yeah, some, that's probably some. <laughs> I, I love, I, you, know, you know what Belinky always used, you know Belinky used to do back when we lived together, and I don't know if he does this anymore, was he used to subscribe to trade magazines for like random crap. So he would get like the Pizza Cookers Monthly trade magazine where they would talk about like pizza ovens and new advances in pizza oven technology. And I actually uh, um, have a good friend um, 
who at one point wrote for Modern Materials Handling Magazine, um, which was a magazine about the sort of intra-warehouse shipment or intra-warehouse shipment of goods, so like conveyor belts and load lifters and things. Um, And I feel like that there's probably some sort of salami trade mag forum where people go as salami commander, um, totally unironically, and who really kind of resent the sexual suggestions that the word salami brings along with it. Because it's a serious – salami is a serious business. Absolutely. Hard sausages don't make themselves, people. Right, exactly. Uh, All kinds of – all kinds of force meats. (laughs) <laughs> exactly, exactly. This is exactly how all the Chinese Americans named Wang in the United States feel. <laughs> Wait, are you serious about this thing that you just posted the back channel, Mark? Oh, uh, there's a oh, yes, I am. We were talking about we um we were wondering if this the phrase salami commander exists as a title, you know, ranking in a in a form. Um perhaps not, but there is a brigadier general Hossein Salami who is a commander in the Iranian Air Force. <laughs> I guess is the next best thing. I mean, really, what's the difference between uh, uh, and the Iranian Air Force? Oh, this is very funny. On the Yahoo Answers page, that's the first link on the on the Google query you posted to the back channel. Uh, the first answer is, I heard his brother is also in the Iranian Air Force. They are called the Flying Salami Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so if if any if any high ranking officers from the Iranian Air Force want to call into the podcast and tell us what it's like, please give us your latitude and longitude as always. <laughs> here's, as okay. well as your, your altitude. So here's the thing that I was trying to say to say with this that like playing rock band uh, has about the same relationship to uh, making actual music, uh, originating music uh, as. You know, being a PUA and being involved in the online pickup artist uh, neuro-linguistic programming to trick ladies into having sex with you um, uh, has to actually having sex with some ladies. Because, um, you know, because it's like it's, it's at once an homage and a very kind of frustrated... Uh, frustrated imitation now that said i don't think there's a need for the for the real guitarists or those of us who are really having sex with some ladies uh to be hating on the other things because you know there have always always for time immemorial been uh there have always been kind of imitations right Oh yeah, you mean everything like um like like football? Well, right, exactly. <laughs> like any kind of sport that involves a, a sort of uh, ritualistic proxy for some sort of combat or right, war. Right, exactly. Ever since yeah. the Olympics, right? Yeah. Like, you know why the Olympics were the Olympics? Because they weren't the Trojan War. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I will say I like your metaphor a lot because I, I'm picturing somebody like when you play rock band, you learn a lot of skills, right? And you like try really hard to get good at something and you have to practice and train and practice and train and eventually you get really good at it and you, and you, you feel really vindicated by, by your own sort of private fantasies. And then you're like you, – the more that you get good at it, the more you fantasize about applying your skills in the real world and then you try and you're like – Man, this is hard. <laughs> like none of my skills are useful. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that's like the same for like people who play Guitar Hero and want to play guitar versus like people who go on um, those forums and then try to talk to actual women in a constructive manner. Because um, it is hard, and it's tough on your fingers. You get like calluses and stuff. <laughs> what talk, talking to women? Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> I do get calluses on my fingers for talking to women all the time. Am I doing yeah. it wrong? 
No, I, I think it's from the other stuff that you do before you're talking to women when you're fantasizing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. All right. I think we I think we might uh, wrap it up there. So if you have anything to say about the many loves of Osama bin Laden or about the Video Music Awards or about Kanye West being a douchebag or about uh, whether T-Pain is music, uh, about whether Mark Lee hates all violin teachers, uh, about whether Rock Band is destroying the fabric of our artistic uh, heritage. Uh, why don't you share those thoughts with us? Uh, my my favorite thing for you to do would be to call the podcast voicemail at twenty eat log zero one. That's two zero three two eight five six four zero one. I, you know, I gotta say, I I keep forgetting the podcast voicemail number. Maybe it's because we took a week off uh, in the recording. Oh, you don't know that. Uh, audience, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. We didn't actually record the listener feedback show last week. We recorded it two weeks ago so that I could go to Vegas and various, and everyone could enjoy a nice week off. You guys have a nice Labor Day? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Traveling. Did you celebrate Labor? <laughs> I celebrate Labor yes. every day. I'm a, I belong to a, a Labor union myself, so um, I'm, in fact, you know, celebrating it with the with each breath and step that I oh, take. Oh yeah! Oh, I gotta say, like being you know being an actor, I am a member of not one but two AFL CIO affiliated uh, labor unions. So you know, I feel the 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 plight of the working man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but with the uh, oh, I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, man! The stevedores, the longshoremen, the uh, teamsters, the steamfitters, you know, and me. It's you know these are these are look for the union label. Uh, if you have any thoughts about anything that we've said, you should give us a call at uh, twenty eat log zero one. That's two zero three two eight five six four zero one. Or email podcast at overthinking it dot com. You can also use the contact form on the site or uh, leave a comment on the show notes on the site. Now uh, I meant to do this last week. Uh, with the listener feedback show. I, I promise not to do this very often, but I want to do it a little more than I have been doing because we are we are in uh, kind of a management restructuring at Overthinking It uh, with me going to grad school and not, you know, having the freelancer schedule anymore. Um, some, some other people are, including John Parrish and Mark Lee, are uh, stepping up to uh, take on some editorial functions, and we're really trying to make this thing... Uh, I mean, God knows we're not making money on it. Right now we're losing a lot of money on it, or I should say I'm losing a lot of money on it. Uh, but we're trying to make it sustainable. Uh, we, though we, we would love to make money from overthinking it so that we could devote ourselves entirely to the site, to the podcast, and to you, our listeners, um, uh, the way Osama bin Laden is devoted to Whitney Houston. We, um, uh, we, we don't think that that's necessarily a realistic goal, and we just want to stop losing money on it. So if you enjoy the site, and I promise not to ask you uh, this very often, maybe only when we do a listener feedback episode or only around the time we do a listener feedback episode, there is a PayPal donate uh, link on overthinkingit.com. And if you were to go there and to donate a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, any any amount is much appreciated. And there there are a number of people who have done so already. And maybe maybe the thing I ought to do is thank them, uh, thank them by name on the podcast. Um, but uh, if you were to do that, you would be supporting our hosting costs, which are non-negligible. 
and uh, helping helping overthinking it be a sustainable thing. We publish content most every day. Uh, we occasionally have a day off for a day that just we don't manage to get anything on the site. But uh, you know, almost every weekday we got stuff coming out. And so if you are entertained by that, uh, if you like it, just uh, you know, just think of what that's worth to you on a daily basis. Um, I, I calibrate my, uh, I calibrate my public radio donations to what I spend at Starbucks and maybe that's a good, <laughs> maybe that's a good calculation for you, though I, I am sure we are not quite as pleasurable as a latte. Uh, the other thing you can do is there are some t-shirts on the site. Uh, if any of those, the, I like bacon before it was cool t-shirt, which is available through Zazzle is a pretty good one. Um, and, uh, it has overthinking it on the back. So you'll be advertising uh, for us if you want to buy one of our T-shirts. Or there's an Amazon affiliate link on the site. And so if you shop obsessively at Amazon, as I do, you could use that link. And, you know, without you paying anymore, we get a percentage of... uh of what you get, um, of, of what you spend on the site. So, uh, you know, that, that would be fantastic, and it's a great way to, uh, for you to support us until, you know, we can interest some mainstream sponsors like the National Security Agency in our <laughs> podcast. So, anyway, uh, donate, please. We would really appreciate it, and you're, you're helping uh, to keep us on the air. Uh, but if you can't donate for whatever reason, you know, you're 15 and don't have a credit card, or oh, you need a PayPal account. You don't need a credit card, though you can use a credit card if you want to. Uh, or, you know, you're against uh, capitalism because you live like Grizzly Man, you know, off the grid, or something like that. Uh, the best thing that you can do, though not if you're Grizzly Man and live off the grid, but uh, the best thing you can do is visit us on the web at www.overthinkingit.com where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it It probably doesn't doesn't deserve. deserve